You're listening to another episode of the Zag Sobe here. Excited to be joined by 2011 NLC Des Moines fellow, Nicole Moynier is here. She is actually living in the future overseas, so a time zone difference, but not a difference in what we're going to talk about. Talking about gratitude and mindfulness and trying to relax in these very stressful times. That's the theme of the last couple episodes, so thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Nicole, you are in the future in Sunday evening and Sunday morning here on the West Coast. Uh, what was the reason for moving overseas? Uh, love. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, I moved here for my um, boyfriend now, husband. And in terms of the view internationally of what's been happening in our country the last couple of weeks with the election, how would you describe how other people are talking about what's going on? Yeah, it's been super interesting being over here. I mean, I've spent most elections uh, as an American abroad, so it's always interesting to view it both as an American and, you know, from other countries' mm-hmm. perspectives. But I think, in particular, with this election, um, it was it's ve- it felt very global. I think everyone was kind of holding their breath to see what was going to happen because, truly, the president of the United States really affects the re- the, the rest of the world. And I feel like there was probably a similar sentiment for the UK within the last, what, six, six, eight months. Is that even right? Maybe even longer. But when they're doing that most recent election uh, for Boris Johnson and and really trying to put a a stamp on, are we going to do Brexit or not? Do you see any similarities or differences? How would you describe what you saw there? Yeah, I think there are similarities in that the campaign had a very populist tone um, and there was a lot of misinformation going around about, you know, the reason for Brexit, why the UK wanted to leave. And the vote wasn't actually so much about Brexit or Europe, but it was really kind of a repudiation of other things that were going on within the country. So I think that's really similar to what happened more so, I guess, in 2016 than, than in this election. But there are similarities in terms of, you know, um, uh, having that that populist tone that is appealing to uh, a, a large number of the population. And I'm curious, is that tone coming from a similar media environment? I know the Murdochs play a role over there too, but is the same kind of Fox News vibe or, or you know, like OAN network vibe, is that is that there also? I think that's one thing that's maybe a bit different. I uh, This is another area where it's kind of been interesting tuning in from abroad and looking, Mm. you know, looking at channels like uh, CNN and then, you know, switching over to Fox News. It it just seems like there are two completely different versions of reality that are are being played out, whereas it still feels like the media here is maybe not completely, but at least maybe a little bit more neutral uh, Mm. than it is in the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. Listen, I'm excited you reached out. So, you know, this series of pods are dropping kind of up until Thanksgiving is giving folks a chance to talk about things like mindfulness and, and joy and happiness, which can be a little bit hard to come by in some of these stressful times. But you have an interesting career arc, it sounds like, right? So you went to law school at one point, worked for tech uh, folks at one point. Now you're doing something pretty different. Tell, tell folks what you're up to. Yeah, so I actually recently transitioned um, just this year, actually, because I was let go from my previous job in tech um, back in April because of COVID. And I had done my yoga teacher training last year. So I basically immediately switched over to teaching online starting back in April of this year. Um, and I've just kind of been going on on with that um, to to until now. I'm still I'm still teaching online. So it's really kind of been a one a 180 
switch. Um, but I think there are some commonalities across <laughs> those different areas, both law, tech, and and yoga that that might not seem obvious, but yoga is not just the physical, you know, it's it's a it's a spiritual practice. Um, and there are eight limbs of yoga, which and some of that includes, um, I, I believe, uh, fighting for for what's right and having a positive impact impact on the planet. And in terms of finding folks to come to your yoga classes being online is a little bit trickier, or maybe the opposite is true. How's that gone trying to find folks to come? Yeah, it is quite competitive, um, but I would say so is trying to work in the studio. So actually, there's been mm. uh, good sides and downsides um, to being online versus being in the studio. For me, at the moment, I'm not so much promoting externally. It's most mostly been within my network, so people that I know um, who have been practicing with me, and I found that that works quite well as a way to get that co social connection. Um, you know, and it's not just me kind of holding space and providing that offering of yoga to them, but but it also supports me to to have that regular practice and regular teaching. So we, I find that they support me as much as I support them. And I feel like the NLC crew is pretty up to speed on, on yoga and yoga practices. I feel like a lot of alums are doing yoga. Give us a scoop on what particular type of yoga you practice or, or how you've kind of combined the different things that you like about yoga into what you're teaching others. Sure. So I am a vinyasa flow trained teacher. So I teach both a dynamic practice most of the time, and then I also teach a slower vinyasa flow, which is still categorized as vinyasa, but just um, kind of more um, longer holds and stretches. Um, and yeah, I found that in these times, it's been a really great way to keep that connection. And also, you know, you mentioned that this theme uh, over the next month is around mm -hmm. uh, gratitude and mindfulness. And I found that these classes have allowed people to, even though we're on the screen, take that moment for themselves, find a little bit of stillness, tune inwards. And one of the things I actually focus on very much, in, in particular in my slow classes, is gratitude. So focusing on three things you're grateful for uh, that day or that week. Um, and I find having that gratitude practice really makes a big difference, especially these days when things can seem quite dark. Absolutely. When we come back with Nicole, we'll talk more about gratitude, mindfulness, maybe a little bit more about yoga. Thanks for tuning in this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. You know, one thing I'm curious about talking about gratitude and mindfulness and even yoga practice, do you ever get feedback that folks feel like it's selfish of them to take that little bit of time in their day to do it when there is so much going on or when there's other people who may be struggling and might not have that opportunity, what kind of feedback would you give to folks who might have that thinking about carving out space for, for themselves in the day to, to, to do a little bit of, to do a little bit of yoga or to do a little bit of taking time for themselves? Mm, yeah, definitely. I love that question. And I think, as you said, there is a lot of feeling guilty for taking that time for yourself, especially for people who are in more of a privileged situation. And the main thing that I would say around that is that you can't you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So if uh, for especially for people who are uh, working um, in activism or things like that, where you are giving so much of yourself, but even these days, you know, whatever if you have a regular job, you're working from home, maybe you have kids. Things times are very heavy and stressful, 
And I think the more that we can give that time to ourselves and take care of ourselves, the more we are able to actually find that gratitude for others when we can be in a, a space of calm and taking care of ourselves. So I think, yeah, in response to uh, anyone feeling guilty for taking that time, I would say, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first so then you can help others. <laughs> <laughs> and then a layman's question about yoga here. So I pretty much think my entire life, I was even thinking back when I was young, I've been very inflexible, <laughs> right? Can barely touch my toes. Hamstrings always seem tight. So I did in the old world before the pandemic, um, actually join a yoga studio that was close by and went pretty much twice a week for a year. Saw very little change in difference. Is that normal? Is that abnormal? Should I have kept going, stuck with it longer? What's the, what's the usual time frame before you start seeing significant changes in what your body is able to do? <laughs> yeah, we all we, we always want the timelines, don't we? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's interesting because a lot of people think you have to be flexible mm. to do yoga. And actually, I would say you you do yoga to become flexible. Yeah. Um, but in terms of timeline, it, it, honestly, it just it really depends. Uh, I can't give you know a specific uh, time answer. It does take it does take a, a decent amount of time. I would say you know regular practice. Um, over a long period of time. And I would say it's probably better to do a little bit every day as opposed to like a 90-minute practice mm -hmm. once a week. Yeah, that makes sense. I think one of the things I enjoyed about it, kind of speaking about what comes first, the flexibility or the yoga or vice versa, there did seem to be an interesting meritocracy of sorts in the class in that there really was no explanation for why someone would be good at one particular pose or set of poses, right? Someone could be really short, really tall, um, have one body type, a different body type, and you would just have really no guess like who would be able to do what, which I always thought was kind of nice. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I sort of appreciated that aspect of things, that there seemed to be a relatively level playing field of who was able to do what, just kind of based a little bit on maybe the genetic card you were dealt, but also just yeah, the kind of effort you were putting in a little bit a day or, or a lot uh, over the course of the week. But yeah, that's one thing I did like about it, because for the most part, it's like, oh, this is getting frustrated but uh, <laughs> yeah it's um it's very equal opportunity in that sense yeah. <laughs> where um your kind of external physical appearance i would say doesn't at all dictate whether you're going to be quote unquote good at yoga mm -hmm. um and you know certain people are going to have certain natural uh, advantages or tendencies so women you know on average are more flexible than men men are going to be stronger than women so the strength poses might come more easily to men and then, you know, the more flexible focused ones might come more easily to women. But all of these things can also be worked on. So in that sense, it also, like you said, it kind of rewards mm. the effort. So there's certain poses for me that don't come easily. Inversions, for example, where you are upside down, um, the poses that involve a lot of strength. And that's where I have to put in the work in. And that's part of the journey of, of yoga. You know, and then in terms of what you're providing for your students, people that take classes with you, like what kind of content are you consuming to uh, work on your mindfulness or to work on your ability to give gratitude? What kind of things could you maybe shout out that people can take take a look at? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a couple of ideas of kind of concrete things that are out there, but just more generally, I think what's definitely been helping me these days, because as you said, you know, I want to share with people from a place of my cup being full, so holding space for them. So I need to nourish myself to be able to do that. And what's been helping me these days is just finding ways that I can escape, whether that's through a good book, through music, through getting out into nature, through taking a bath and really taking, even if it's just 
20 minutes, stepping away from the screen, from the news, whatever it is. And I think those tiny moments make a huge difference. Um, So I just want to shout out those kind of um, simple things that we can do on a daily basis. And then there's an organization here in London that uh, is doing some some really great things that people might be interested in tuning in, and it's called Just Breathe. They're um, they're on Instagram and they do daily meditations um, in the morning here, so you can catch them in replay over there. But I, I would say that's a really great one for learning about mindfulness and meditation. And I want all our listeners to take your class and sign up for your sessions. What's the best way for them to find you on the internet? Sure, that would be great. So I'm well. The easiest way is to find me on Instagram. I'm Nicole Meliora. That's uh, M-E-L-I-O-R-A. Uh, I'm, I'm on there quite a bit, so DMs. And then my website is the same thing, so NicoleMeliora.com. And you can sign up for a class there, and I would love to see you. Sounds good. We'll put that in the info description for the episode. So make sure to check that out. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. Make sure to catch all the episodes we are dropping up until Thanksgiving, featuring NLC alums doing important work to remind us to be grateful for each other and ourselves and also to be joyful in these very stressful times. Get those in all the places you find your podcasts, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.